listening to episode 37, chapter 5 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today, the everyday moments of life that we are going to be talking about is prayer. How do we pray in those everyday moments of life? At least that's what we've been talking about this week, and really more, I guess, in the sense of prayer as the antidote to busyness. And in our modern era, I guess busyness has seeped into those everyday moments of life. And so sometimes we just need to make space and allow busyness not to or keep busyness from crowding out our life. And uh, prayer is a good antidote to that. I think one of the, the really beneficial things that I've taken away from our conversation with John has been the idea that prayer is not just one more thing to do, yeah, like the, another thing that we add on to our busy schedule. It really is taking a step back from that busy schedule and coming in close enough to God to hear him say, I love you. Because those moments can happen in the everyday moments of life. Yeah. It liter- I mean, we say it all the time. It literally can be while you're driving in traffic. Mm-hmm. You, you step back from what's going on around you. The crazy drivers here in Springfield, we got a lot of them. You step back from those things, even for just five seconds, and bring yourself back to that place with the Father, get cl- getting close enough to hear him say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we can learn to practice that, it really is like John's talking about, the antidote to a busy life, because it's slowing down and coming back to our Father, yeah. which is what we see Jesus doing all the time throughout the, the Gospels. Yeah. The way John begins that book has really stuck out to me, and there's some videos that are being um, put out by InterVarsity Press advertising his Lent guide that goes along with the book. And so in it, it has John sort of recounting this opening story in the book where he talks about it's 5.30 in the morning, my alarm goes off, and I get up out of bed, and I make my coffee. I'm at my desk, and there at his desk he sees all of the different notes and lists and his computer and all these things that are vying for his attention in that moment to go ahead and begin the day to get at it. And he makes, so, so, so then number one, he has to sort of make a conscious decision in that moment to say, no, I'm not going to do that, resist it. And, and instead I'm going to go and be with the father instead. Um, but there's, there's a little, there's a line in that book that he talks about that we cannot fit enough eternity into our finitude, that maybe our desire to do all of these things that we know we don't have time to do is sort of a result of our having, should have been made, well, we were made, but we should be more infinite in our being, in, in our lifespans than what we currently are. And I found that a really, that whole picture, that story and that reason a really awesome thing to chew on as I've you know read the book and we've reflected over this week on that conversation to say you know 
maybe my desire to always be doing, doing, doing is it's actually motivated from a good place. So I don't necessarily have to beat myself up for sort of having those desires, right, to produce more. And, and a lot of times, right, it's, it's ministry focused or ministry oriented. I need to I need to get to all these things. But so recognizing, though, that that's not really where my identity lies helps me sort of pull back and say, no, 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 I can actually pause because it's in that pause. It's in that taking time to spend time with God that those things get done anyway. Mm hmm. Like, I, you know, and I have to be careful not to say, well, I'm going to pray so that I can, you know, or, or to take that time in order to get those things done. Like, you know, we can sort of go down that road, too. So it, it, we've got to be careful. But it's that once we have given our lives and therefore those worries over to God, it's, it's that God sees that those things will get done and they end up sort of it we, we would say they un, almost end up taking care of themselves <laughs> it brings them into i think the proper perspective yeah that's a good way of i think it. when we when we look at our giant to-do lists we see them as things that we have to conquer and, and like you're saying we, we wrap our identity up in being able to accomplish those things but when we focus in on our relationship with god it takes that piece of it out of the equation and then it just becomes about us and him and either the things on our lists that matter get done we we find that the things on our list that matter get done because God's involved or we find that some of the things on our list don't matter and they start to disappear in light of our identity in Christ or or mm-hmm. what God's I guess what God's will is yeah and, and, that's and so, a valuable thing. Yeah. And, and and so prayer has to be one of those. So I would say it's it's not one of those extra things to put on our to-do list. Maybe we should look at it like tithing, though. It's not that we give our tithe with what we have left over, but it becomes the first thing that we put on our to-do list, if we will. Right? We have to make—we have to prioritize that above, um, I, I think, most of any of our other activities of spending time with God. Now, the time— we shouldn't get legalistic about that. We've talked about that a lot, right? The time doesn't necessarily matter. And then the ultimate goal, even though having a set-aside time with God is extremely important and sort of cultivating a, a habit of going to a particular place in your house, you know, and having a, a prayer closet, if you will, or a prayer nook, as John talks about, and he gives one of his stories. But um, having sort of that place sort of allows you to not focus on all the other things and then just go to that one place. I love that. But really then take it the next step because if we leave God there, we're we're not really accomplishing what he wants to do with living in us. <laughs> the right. whole point is he wants to do life and be present with us from you know moment to moment throughout the day. And so take him with you through that. And I loved what he was uh giving his advice for like those, maybe uh, a mom who's struggling to manage a crazy schedule with kids running all over the house, it can be as simple as leaving a Bible open somewhere, mm-hmm. and every time you walk past it, read a verse, read a paragraph, just something to bring you back to an awareness that God's with you in the middle of all that chaos. He wants to be with you in the middle of that chaos. Yeah. And that can be enough sometimes. It doesn't need to be some great dramatic 
three hours spent on your knees before yeah. God. It can be something really simple. That's right. And the, the season of life will dictate a lot of that. Um, when we talked with, uh, that's good. Yeah. Trisha, uh, Rhodes, um, she, she talked about that, right? We, we talked about, we, we have that idea of the quiet time is the ultimate thing that we're, that we're after. We have but to do that. We have time, to do Otherwise it, we're right? not doing it right. Exactly. Um, and that's d- depending on what your season of life is, it doesn't allow for that as often. And so um, prioritize and try to do what you can do. And then, but don't beat yourself up for, for not, for not hitting it. Right. I mean, I've got young kids. There are some mornings I'm able to wake up and, and get in, you know, 30 minutes by myself in the living room. Um, and other times, man, it's like, as soon as I'm up, the kids are up. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I'd spend some time with them and, and, and take on whatever the day has for me that that becomes part of my own rhythm in that sense is to I've got to roll with the punches a little bit more um, but so then maybe my daughters need a little bit extra attention that morning or or maybe we can just simply be together there on the couch for a few minutes of of, of communion with each other or just a, a moment of presence with each other and so we can take that in with God and I can even take that I can even take that time um you know, to begin teaching my daughters about prayer as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a sense in which we look at life as an obstacle to our relationship with God. That's a good point. And the chaos that's around us is something that we have to kind of quench or quell and and put down so -hmm. that we can spend time alone with God. Yeah. When in reality, some of the situations that we're in are literally given to us by God. That's true. Uh, so like our, our marriage relationship, if we uh, agree with what uh, like Gary Thomas, who wrote Sacred Marriage, has said, um, that God intended marriage not so much to make us happy, but to make us holy, mm-hmm. our marriage relationships are an opportunity for God to do a transforming work in our life. Well, I mean, just the very nature of a marriage relationship means that you have to spend time with another person That's right. and not by yourself. Kids, I think, are a gift from the Lord. I mean, the, the scripture talks about that. Yep. And time where your kids are clamoring for your attention, I think is something that God has given to us in a way. Mm -hmm. And so to ignore that or to put it down as something that we have to get out of the way so that we can spend more time with God, I think is to ignore what God's trying to do in the moment of those things. Yes. Where he wants to be with us as we spend time with our kids. He wants to be with us as we're on a date with our spouse. He wants to be with us as we're hanging out with our friends, having coffee. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the, during those times, they're not always good, right? The, the good gift that our children is a headache sometimes. Let's be real. It you is. love them, but it's a headache. And it's even in those moments where God wants to transform your character. And so rather than getting caught up in the, in the reaction sort of, you know, it's just overstimulus and then you just sort of explode or um, react in an unchristlike manner, they become opportunities to respond <laughs> instead. And so, um, it, you know, and a lot of times that, that, that does take a moment of prayer <laughs> and, 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 and recognition that God is even in this moment and he wants to, he wants to do something in it. So um, you even become 
God to your children, since we're, we're using that, right? Like the way that you're going to respond to your yeah. children yeah. becomes a lot of the ways that when they grow up, they're going to see how God will react to them. Yeah. And, and so it's the same for our conditioning. And so I found that to be even a healing thing for myself, right? Like, I mean, I had great parents, but I mean, we all have things where sort of we project falsely some of those things onto our heavenly father. And um, so I, I found taking a moment to pause and to ask God what he's doing in this moment has even been healing for me through that, even as I respond to my children and hopefully demonstrate the love of the father to them. And prayer can look like a whole lot of things. I mean, I think we get wrapped up in, even in the Lord's prayer. I mean, yeah. we dissect it and we say, well, it has to begin with uh, an acknowledgement that God is holy and separate. Hallowed be thy name. And we have to, from there, go to uh, an expression for God's will to be done. Then we can ask him about providing for us in our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Then we can ask him. We go through this process of dissecting the Lord's Prayer, and we think that a prayer has to be this certain process that we go through when we're talking to God. Um, when in reality, I think it's it's really just about developing the relationship and the communication between one person and another. Mm-hmm. That one person being you and the other being God. Yeah. We, I think we sometimes forget that he is actually a person who wants a personal relationship with us, and he created us for that. And this is about spending time with someone who calls you friend, really. And if you want to develop that relationship, you have to spend time with them. And that can be as simple as hanging out together and not saying a word. That can be this... It can happen in the car. It can happen while you're eating a meal with your family. I mean, w- whatever it needs to be, it can it can be that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the biggest takeaway from this week's episode is that prayer is a vital part of our walking with Christ and developing our relationship with Him. But there's not just one way that that happens. Prayer looks like a bunch of different things depending on the moment, depending on the time and the circumstances. And we should try to prioritize that at all times, but then not leave him at the door of our house when we leave it. He, he comes with us. The everyday moments of life. In the everyday moments of life. And Lent is a great place to practice that if we want to. Yeah. And so, I mean, here we are. Uh, it's the Friday before Ash Wednesday. And when Lent starts, it's kind of this time for, it's this opportunity for Christians to really focus in on our situation before we celebrate the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's a time for us to uh, yeah, kind of turn inward and examine what's going on as yeah. we prepare for the the event that has freed us from all of our our problems yeah and so uh i i really do want to want you want to encourage our listeners to download the linton guide to the possibility of prayer you can find it in the show notes uh you can also go check out uh the possibility of prayer on ivp site where they also have a link to the prayer guide um it's a, it's a really great guide. It kind of walks you through some different 
practices that you can put into place as you, as you go through Lent. Uh, but yeah, I want to encourage our listeners to take advantage of this season. I know it's you can pray any any time, you can fast any time you want, but I think there is something special about this period before Easter where we focus in with the death and resurrection of Christ in front of us. And so I think taking advantage of that uh, starting this coming Wednesday would be a, a really great thing to do. So take everything that you've heard us talk about with prayer and what John's been talking about with fasting and feasting and uh, corporate worship and all of that and uh, take, it, take Lent as an opportunity to kind of put some of those things into practice. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about John's work, check out his book, The Possibility of Prayer. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.